This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, let's get to the Word of God. How many came here tonight to get changed lives? Amen. Amen. To change your life, go go ahead and turn to Psalm 77. But to change your life, you got to change your heart. you got to change your mind how you think. And when you change your heart and you change your mind, then you change your talking. And when you begin to talk right, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three that you'll have what you say. And so if you're talking wrong about yourself, then your life's not going to be good. I, I want to show you something. Not show anything out of the bookstore tonight, but I want to show these. How many here have one of these Never Again cards? If you don't have a Never Again card, they're free. They're on the information booth back there. And I highly recommend you get these Never Again cards. After night, you'll see why that Never Again cards will change your life. Matter of fact, uh, on the Sunday before Labor Day in 1980, when I first found the Church of God wanted me to be in when I was a baby Christian, my pastor was giving these out. And over the years, he always gave these out to me. He went to heaven back about 25 years ago. And as a pastor, for over a quarter of a century, I've been printing them and handing them out. They're really, really, really good. And these are basic, basic information that all believers need to get into their hearts, into their thinking. And you'll see why as we read the Word of God tonight. Let me, let me ask a question. How many here have ever dealt with depression? Anybody? You know, stuff tries to hit all of us. Sadness tries to hit us. Emotional roller coaster sometimes. And sometimes around the holidays, people really get hit sometimes. But anyway, I, I want to show you tonight how to, how to change your mind. As a matter of fact, I put a title on this. And the title is, How to Change Your Self-Image. How to Change Your Self-Image. And so I want to look at this here in Psalm 77, verse 1 through 3. And this, this is like most of us from time to time, and some of us too much of the time. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. Has anybody ever been... In you know that place where you had a day of trouble, where you had times of trouble, and you sought the Lord? It says, when you cried unto him, you got his ear. And then he says, uh, my sore ran in the night. And I got a Bible that tells what things say in the Hebrew and the Greek and things like that. And my sore ran in the night. It says that that means my hand was stretched out in the night. And that means I was reaching out to God. I was trying to get a hold of God. And you know, when we pray sometimes, we worship, we put our hands up. And that's what he said in the night. I cried out and I was raising my hands unto God. And then he says, and cease not, my soul refused to be comforted. My soul refused to be comforted. Have you ever been that place in life where you're just, man, you're doing your best to shake it? You're crying out and you're just troubled and troubled and troubled and troubled. And you're just thinking, boy, I wish I could lose this. Oh, Jesus, help me. And then he says, I remember God. Praise God. Amen. If you're praying, it's a good thing to stop and remember God, who the help comes from. Amen. It says, and was troubled. Now listen to this. Here's, here's the key scripture for the sermon. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. And so you notice he said, my soul refused to be comforted. And then he said, but I complained my spirit was overwhelmed. And so essential to your Christian faith is to get it established in your heart that you're a three-part being. 
Your, 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 your being, your nature, your existence exists of three parts. You are a spirit being. You possess a soul, and your soul is your mind, will, emotions, and you live in a physical body. And too many Christians don't get this basic foundational spiritual truth into their thinking, what's really going on. When you got born again, Jesus did not move into your heart, your organ that pumps blood. He moved into your spirit, the heart of your being. The center of your being is your spirit. The Bible, the Bible uses spirit and heart, uh, the same way all through the Bible. Your heart and your spirit, talk about spiritual things, are the same thing. He said, when I complained, I snuffed the life out of my spirit. Jesus, when you got born again, moved into your spirit. When you got born again, your spirit changed. But you have a soul. He talked about his soul was all confused and messed up because of what was going on around him. Well, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You've got to get that. And then your physical body is entirely different. Your physical body, I always always call mine my earth suit. And you have to have an earth suit to live on this planet. You know, astronauts, astronauts are foreigners to outer space. They can't live in outer space without a space suit. They get in a space suit, they can live in outer space. If their space suit malfunctions or they take it off, they're dead. Well, what the body says in James chapter 3, that the, that the, the body without the spirit is dead. And so when your body's dead, and your spirit's out of there, there's no more function. So your body needs your spirit, but your spirit needs your body to function down here because when your spirit leaves your body, the body's dead, but the spirit lives. Your spirit lives forever, but you need your body, but your body's not you. See, right now, you're not seeing me, and I'm not seeing you. I'm seeing your earth suit. Because if you or I were to die and leave this planet... The earth suit would be here, but the real me, the real you would go on. We'd be out of here. And so we as Christians, we as Christians have got to discipline ourselves from the Word of God to learn to live with our spirit in control and not our soul. We need our emotions, but our emotions are not to control us. Amen. We're not supposed to be spiritual yo-yos. What's a spiritual yo-yo? Well, that's the same thing as a spiritual roller coaster. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Well, how, how you doing, sister? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. God's on the throne. He's alive. Things are good. Oh, I got blessed today. Well, you go for about a week without blessing. How you doing? Oh, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Man, I'm busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted. You know, I'm talking about how some Christians live. It depends on what the outward conditions are. Is going to, they're going to determine how they feel about life. Your spirit, man, is supposed to be in control at the same all the time. We need to build up our spirit, man, to where our spirit, man, tells our emotions, emotions, shut up, you're not going to control me. That doesn't mean we're supposed to be robots that have no feelings. You know, it's okay to be happy about good things. It's okay to be sad if somebody you knows got hurt or moved to heaven or something. Okay, but they're not to control you. You're to control them. Amen. If you're broke, then you ought to be able to praise the Lord and say, my God's more than enough. 
If you just got a million dollars given to you, you'll say, praise God, my God's more than enough. Lord, what do you want to do with this million dollars? Amen. I'm talking about Christians. And so anyway, here he tells us right here that as soon as I complained, my spirit got overwhelmed. Amen. Your spirit, I want to say this again because you've got to get this. Your spirit is where Jesus lived. Jesus doesn't live in your head. Oh, that's not time for that story right now. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Good suggestion, though. I'll, I'll keep that in mind, ma'am. <laughs> Preaching from the front row. <laughs> but she's authorized to do that. Nobody else is, but she can. Because <laughs> she goes home with me. <laughs> hey, man. But no, no, listen to what I'm saying. I, I want to help you today to change your lives. If you're a complainer, you're going to snuff the life of God right out of your spirit. It'll still be there, but you've muzzled it. You've gagged your spirit when you start complaining. So what do you do if you're not going to complain? Start praising. Amen. Okay, I, I can tell that story now. Okay, you got ahead of me on the spirit, didn't you? <laughs> Long story short, because I got the ground I got to cover, Back when we were first married, back in we this back in the early '80s, we uh, the Lord moved us way out in the middle. They didn't have desert in Indiana; they got cows and grass and corn and things like that. And so the Lord was relocated us from one part of the state to another. And uh, I, I wasn't I was raised in the city, not in the country. And the first place He had us moved to was right in the middle of, of a guy's cattle ranch. that had 600 cows around my house. I mean, we had we had fits around bulls and stuff like that. Man, first I read a bull head on oh, that sucker was that tall. Oh, and he didn't move either. Then I come to find out why the tractor moved him with the farmer moved him from a big tractor that was all fixed in with steel. I got there and tried to stop him in the name of Jesus. He didn't stop, so I jumped a fence quick. But anyway <laughs> that, that was a that bull was as big as an elephant. But it was, it was huge. But well maybe I just looked huge to me where I was. But anyway, we lived we lived in this place that had 600 cows all around us. And this guy had great big feeder things everywhere, all around the house and everything. We had a fence around our house. And about that time in life, I got laid off my trucking job. That was the first time I'd ever been laid off. And so we were there. And at that time, I had a new car that broke down. And didn't have the money to fix it, but they wanted the money, and I was laid off. And so I looked at that new car, and I looked at the money going down, down, down. And... It got pretty, got, got pretty scary. So anyway, the Lord gave me some verses about praising Him, even when you don't have anything. And I'd look out there every day, and I'd see these cows. This guy come over there with a truckload of hay and grain and everything. He put up those cows. I'd see all those cows show up there to eat. And they always sit there looking at nothing to eat. And you know, I thought I was praying, but I was complaining. And one, one day the Lord just, I, 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 well, I'd say this. I'd say, Lord, I said, those cows eat better than we do. I said, they're just going to be at McDonald's someday and people are going to eat those cows. And I said, we don't have anything to eat and I belong to you. And my family needs to eat. And then be the same thing next day, be the same thing. Yeah, see all those cows show up and eat. And I say, Lord, those cows eat better than we do. I said, they're going to be at McDonald's. They eat better than we do. And I don't know how long I whined like that. Then one day the Lord said, if you don't praise me for the abundance of all things before you have all things, then you're never going to have all things. And then, 
that it, 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 it was it was pretty miserable. And so look at the new car out there. I can't drive it, but they want money for it. Say they're going to sue me, and I can't get to a job because the car's sitting here. And so et cetera, et cetera. What? Yeah, and I couldn't get food stamps. I never did get any food stamps. And I tried it one time. I tried to get food stamps, and they said, "Well, you got you got you got you got a too much you got too much whatever they call it assets." And they said, "You got that car's worth X amount of dollars." I said, "That car's worth nothing. It's got a blown engine." They said, "Yeah, it shows the records. That car's worth this much money. So you got to sell that car, liquidate your assets, and we give you food stamps." I said, "Yeah." <laughs> so it was a bad situation, but the whole thing was what I'm saying is that I had to start praising God then for what I couldn't see with my physical eyes, but with the eyes of my heart, I knew what God had for me because I knew His Word. Amen. I tell it good enough. You might tell better than me next time. <laughs> okay. And so the point is from this right here, you see your soul and you see your spirit, and your spirit gets overwhelmed if you don't start praising instead of complaining. So anyway... Your spirit is supposed to rise up and tell your body and soul what to do instead of them overwhelming your born again spirit. And you've got to learn to feed yourself on the Word of God and spend time in prayer consistently. You've got to begin to feed yourself. Oh, look at Proverbs 23, verse 7. Proverbs 23, verse 7. And the way this sermon came about when I was praying today, I said, Lord, we've got a lot of new Christians in the church, people that never, was like I was, I wasn't raised in church, didn't know anything about Christianity. And so I just, when I was praying, I said, Lord, what was it that I learned as a new Christian that I could help other new Christians with now to help them grow strong and be stable? And I was thinking about these type of things I'm talking about tonight to help you to get a new self-image. Proverbs 23, verse 7, talking about people, as he or she thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart, then that's how you go to see yourself. If you see yourself as poor and broke, disadvantaged, stupid, dumb, ugly, nobody likes you, if that's how you see yourself in your heart, that's how you're going to act, and that's the kind of people you're going to attract into yourself. So you've got to determine... You've got to determine to start seeing life different on the inside of you because your spirit is where life comes from. And so I'm not talking about the old you before you're born again. I'm talking about seeing the new you now, who you are now on the inside. And seeing the life and nature of Jesus that's in your heart changing your life around you. You've got to see what's on the inside of you. And so I want to teach you how to change your self-image. I want you to go to Philemon 6. Somebody said, what is Philemon 6? Well, we cheat in our church. You get to see it up there. And, and you probably got a smartphone where you can punch it in like that. But anyway, if you got, if you got a real Bible, a uh, paper Bible's got paper pages in it, it's right before the book of Hebrews. That's right after the Timothy, the Thessalonians, Titus, and things like that. But Philemon 6, and I'm talking to you, about how to get a Bible self-image. What the Bible says about you. Because what the Bible says about you is what God said about you. And you need to see yourself how God sees you. I'm going to say that again. You need to see yourself how God sees you. 
Philemon verse 6 says this, that the communication of your faith may become effectual or effective by the acknowledging of every ugly thing you've ever done. Of what a loser you really are. Or how bad a person you are. How you can never do anything right. How stupid you are. Every, everything, every, every, everything you touch turns out bad. That's how too many Christians live. All they talk about, I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I can't do anything right. I'm an idiot. I'm dumb. And all that kind of stuff. Well, it says for your faith to be effective. You see, look at that. It says for your faith to be effective, you've got to acknowledge every good thing which is in you because of Christ Jesus being in you. Let me ask you a question. Is Jesus a loser? Is Jesus stupid? No. Is Jesus an idiot? No. Is he dumb? No. Is he brain dead? No. no. Where's he live at? Two places. He lives in heaven. He lives in your heart. Well, every time you talk about how stupid you are, you're saying that Jesus and me is stupid. Every time you say, I'm an idiot, you're saying Jesus and me is an idiot. Because it says you acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Does it say that? Is Christ Jesus living you? Okay, well you're doing you're doing Jesus an insult. You're doing a slap in the face of Jesus when you say you're worthless. Amen. Now I want to tell you something. My old guy was pretty worthless, but that guy died. A new man moved in. I've got a brand new nature. The guy in me is nothing but a winner. The guy in me can do anything through Christ which strengthens him. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But I want you to look at that word acknowledge. Look at that word acknowledge. Now, right in the middle of that, do you see another word called K N O W? See the K N O W? Okay. Acknowledge something means to recognize it and talk about it. Okay. You can't recognize and talk about something you don't K N O W. He says acknowledge every good thing. And so, if you don't know, if you don't K N O W, if you don't know. What's in you from the Bible, you can't talk about what's in you from the Bible. So that means Christians that don't take their Bible seriously are never going to be able to acknowledge who and what they really are on the inside because they won't know who and are what they are on the inside. And so that Never Again card that I told you about in the information booth has lots of verses and what I call a first-person confession says things like, I have no fear because God hath not given me the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7, power and love and a sound mind. Amen. And then it says, there's nothing impossible for me, because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Things are like that in there, and you need to start knowing that and talking about that if you're going to change yourself. If you look in the mirror, if you look in the mirror and listen to your stupid face, I said I wasn't going to say that anymore. Uh, don't come, don't say that. I don't. <laughs> if you look at the mirror and listen to the idiot that used to live in your body, he doesn't live there anymore. And the devil, the devil in your old nature gets together and looks at you and remembers every dumb thing you ever did and then begin to talk about it. Well, you know what kind of prayer life you'd have? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, just like the pastor taught me from the Bible. I come to you in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, Lord, I don't deserve anything, though. I, yeah, that's all. Yeah, forget it. I'm sorry. I, I, I shouldn't have bothered you. But if you begin to get the Word of God in you and see who you are and recognize you have right standing with God because of what Jesus did, then you can do what we talked about the other day. We talked Sunday about coming boldly to the throne of grace. That's Hebrews 4.16. said, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy by grace to help in time of need. But if you're looking at who you are on the outside, you'll never be able to do that. You've got to look at who you are on the inside, and you can do that. Amen? And so it says, by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And so uh, if you want to walk away from depression, whining and complaining about your life, you've got to know and talk out loud. Talk out loud to yourself about every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And I want to say it again. I highly recommend get those never again cards. Start, especially if you don't know much about the Bible yet. They'll show you specific positive Bible verses that will help you to come out of that inferior complex into a very strong self-image. And so the goal is to build a Bible-based self-image. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'll show you some places to start. So you can start talking about what's in you in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17, I'm going to look at verse 17, 18, and then skip down to verse 21 for the sake of time. And it says this, Therefore, if any man or any woman, any person be in Christ, let me ask you this. This is not a set up question. I'm not going to embarrass your call on you. But you've got to start acknowledging who you are. How many here are in Christ? How many in here does Christ live in you? So he's talking about you in this verse right here. See, what you know what you just did? You just acknowledged something. You just acknowledged that I belong to Christ, Christ belongs to me. You just acknowledged that. And when you did that, let me tell you what happened inside of you. You did that. If you were kind of in a depressed mood today, and on the inside you kind of felt like, when you said that, you know what happened? You, went, you straightened up a little bit. Because your spirit, your spirit... Just got built up when you acknowledged that I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. That allowed your spirit to rise up a little bit. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God. And all things are of God. And so what he said is this, and you need to say this about yourself. I'm a brand new person on the inside. I'm a new creation. You see where it said old things are passed away? And you know, I say this all the time. And when I say it, I'm not saying just to say it. It's more real to me than anything in this whole room. I will be 38 years old on January 29th of 2018. Now, my earth suit's been around a little longer than that. Amen. My earth suit's 66 years old. But the one that lives in this earth suit just come into existence on January 29th, 2018. I will be 38 years old. Because you know why? I believe the Bible. I'm a new creature. The old thing passed away. Bernie Samples died on January 29th, 1980. And the new creation, Bernie Samples in Christ, or Christ in him, come into existence on that day. And then the Bible says, I was a baby Christian. 
says, I'm supposed to desire the sincere milk of God's word, Peter said. I'm supposed to desire the sincere milk of God's word just like a baby desires his mama's milk. And so as, as a baby Christian, I could never, ever in a hundred million years got anything out of what Lemuel said because I couldn't handle meat yet. All I could handle was milk. I could handle, I'm a new creation in Christ. I could handle, I'm a born-again Christian. I could handle, I'm not who I used to be. I can handle those things. But you notice here he says, if you may be a Christ a new creature, old things are passed away, all things are become new, and all things are of God. My nature has no sinner in it. That's S-I-N-N-E-R. Has no sinner in it. My sin nature left me when Jesus moved in, sin moved out. And so on the inside of me, where Jesus Christ lives, all things are of God. God's not depressed, so depression doesn't belong to me. Amen. God's not a loser, so loser's not in me. Now, does loser knock at the door? All the time. Does ugly things try to knock at the door? All the time. What's the door? It's my mind. Things try to cut in my mind, but I recognize my mind is different than my spirit. And so as I feed my spirit, then my spirit begins to tell my mind how to think, what to say. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so you know what I think in my heart? I think in my heart, verse 21. Now look at this. Verse 21 says, For he, God, has made him, Jesus, become sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And I want to read this out of the Living Bible. It's so much easier to understand. The Living Bible says, For God took the sinless Christ and poured to him our sins, then it exchanged He poured God's goodness into us. He poured God's goodness into us. And so all the ugly sin nature I had with Jesus Christ hung on the cross, God took all of my unrighteousness, my unworthiness, my loser, my ugly, everything in me that was wrong, God took it. And then he didn't stop there. He poured all the good that Jesus Christ had of him into me. And so inside, inside of me, in the inside of me, I'm righteous like Jesus was righteous because it says that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay, now listen, sometimes on the outside, too many times on the outside, I don't act right. But my outside is my outward man, but my inward man is righteous. And the more that I spend time in prayer, the more that I speak the word of God out loud, get it into my mind, into my thinking, then my outside man starts changing to act more right. And you know, verse you can write down to this is First Peter 2.24. says that Jesus became sin for us. And then it says that he changed our nature and it said we should live unto righteousness. First Peter 2.24, of course, you know, that's the famous verse that says by his stripes you were healed. But he said we should live unto righteousness. And what that means is this, our outward man needs to start acting like the inward man. But the fact of the matter is we don't receive anything from God because of our own righteousness. Isaiah said, our own righteousness is as filthy rags. And what that means is this, if you think you come to God and say, well, Lord, I'm a tither. I help give on the Christmas tree offering. I work in the church. Lord, I'm really a pretty good person, so I thank you for blessing me because I'm a pretty good person. God says, that's filthy rags. Amen. We don't do righteous things to get righteous. We do righteous deeds because we are righteous. 
It's our nature. All things are of God. And so when we begin to act right and do right, it's not because we try to get something from God. It's because we've already received something from Him. We've received eternal life. We've received a new nature. And we do things. We don't do it for any applause. We don't do it to get points with God. Amen. You see the difference what I'm saying? And so, see, we need to begin to confess. And, you know, if we've got religious people in here, keep a straight face. Because this, this is probably going to cause you to get your tail feathers ruffled. It's a real famous religious saying that we're just a bunch of old sinners been saved by grace. Well, how can you be an old sinner and be a Christian at the same time? Sinners aren't Christians. Sometimes Christians do sin. That doesn't make them sinners. So according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, We're the righteousness of God in Christ. Here's what I say about myself. I was an old sinner, but I've been saved by grace. I was an old sinner, but I've been saved by grace. And now, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. That means the righteous nature that Jesus Christ has, he gave to me. So on the inside of me, when I come to the Father in the name of Jesus... God looks down and says, He's coming to me in your righteousness, so I'm going to listen to him. Because he's coming to me because of what you did. And he recognizes that and he knows that. Let me tell you something. That takes care of depression. When you begin to talk right see who you really are, you know, you really did begin to know, I am a child of the king. I am royalty. I belong to the royal family. And I'll tell you what, no matter how bad things are, I want to tell you something. Those, those cows did die. Some of them made to the steakhouse. Some of them made to McDonald's. Back in Indiana, some of them made to White Castle. But guess what? I'm alive. Cows died, I'm alive. I've not missed any meals lately either. <laughs> hey, man, we don't play Santa Claus in the church, but I'd be a candidate if I don't slow up. <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying is this. Back then, I was just as much as all of the king in Indiana when I was busted, disgusted, and couldn't be trusted. I was just as much a child of the king then as I am now, except it took a while for my royalty to show up. But I had it on the inside, but I had to talk about it. I had to live like it, had to believe it. And there come the point in time when all of a sudden I didn't have broke-down cars that I couldn't pay for anymore. Come the point in time that the, that the welfare office couldn't tell me you can't have stamps. You might be poor and broke, but you can't have our stamps. <laughs> hey, man, that was so oh, that was disgusting. That's enough to make you depressed. Hey, man. And so those things ended. So now, praise God, we got more than enough. What I'm telling you, I always talk what the Bible said. Now, it says all things are of God. And uh, by the way, I'll, I'll tell you that little thing I put with that there. I always like to say this, too. I've got God's DNA. And listen. I'm not talking about this natural DNA. You know, people get the DNA test to see what their heritage is. I know what my heritage is. I know what my family tree is. It was called a big old cross on Calvary. That was my family tree. That's where I came from. That's my tree. Hey, my family tree. I have God's DNA. I have God's... You might want to write this down. You know what an acronym is? You do the letters and put something out. DNA. I have God's divine nature and ability. I have God's divine nature and ability in me. That's my DNA. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. I want to pop off about three verses to you to close with. But I want you to see this. 
And by the way, I highly, highly, highly recommend off this Never Again card, off these verses here, start reading some of these things outside, out loud, several times every day. Read them every day, every day, every day. And let me tell you why that works. Stop and think about this. This is in reverse what some of you have been doing. Life's bad, life's bad, life's bad, life's bad. Life's bad, oh, life's bad. Don't know what I'm going to do, don't know what I'm going to do, don't know what I'm going to do. Life's bad, life's bad, life's bad. Everybody you see, I'm so depressed, so depressed, so depressed. I'm so depressed, so depressed. Oh, I'm so depressed, I'm so depressed. Oh, I'm so depressed, so depressed. Well, if you're saying that out loud several times a day and you're believing it, if you start reading the Word of God about yourself out loud, out loud several times a day, you can start believing that. Yeah. Amen. Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Have you ever saw a joyful person tripping over the bottom lip? Joyful people smile. <laughs> if the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength, that means you can start smiling some. Amen. That means you're going to start... And you know what? If you don't know how to smile, let me tell you a good place to start. Get up in the morning time where you fix your face and your hair and look at yourself and you'll laugh. <laughs> Got you right there, didn't I? Amen. So if you have to, I know that selfies are real popular. Get the little thing out and aim at your face like that in the morning time. Look at it like that. And then during the course of the day, pull that selfie out. You look at it. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for makeup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Amen. Hey, you know what just happened? Your spirit, man, on the inside, you just went a little bit higher. <laughs> You're straightened up. All right. I want to look at these verses really quick. Look at Galatians 2.20. Back up just a little, <clears throat> go forward a little bit to the right. Galatians 2.20. And we're talking about changing your self-image to agree with the Bible. And also he said, by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you. This is something that's in you. Galatians 2.20, Paul said this about himself, being a new creature in Christ. said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But look at this. This is for you as a believer. But Christ liveth in me. Remember you acknowledged every good thing in you. Christ liveth in me. Now look at this. And the life which I now live in the flesh. And what that means is this. The life which I now live in my earth suit. Because someday Paul knew he was going to come out of that earth suit. He's going to live a life in heaven. I'm going to come out of this earth suit and live a life in heaven. But the life I now live in this earth suit, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Now I'm talking to all of you with loser com, with loser complex. What's that word? Complex. Complex. With loser complex. Don't say your faith stinks and doesn't work. You have the faith of Jesus in you. Jesus' faith isn't weak. Jesus' faith produces. You you need to begin saying, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I've got the faith of Jesus in me. I live by His faith. Jesus doesn't have poor faith. Jesus doesn't have loser faith. All Jesus knows is winning. Don't ever say again, I don't have faith. Don't ever say again, my faith doesn't work. If you do, you're insulting Jesus again. Paul said, I don't live by Paul's faith. He says, I live by the faith of the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. He said, it's Christ in me, His faith I'm living by. 
You know, don't raise your hands, but I dare to say a good majority of people sitting there right here tonight think that their faith doesn't work and they don't realize what it is. When you said, my faith's not working, I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why, you know what you're saying? You're overwhelming your spirit, you're complaining. As soon as I complained, my spirit was overwhelmed. As soon as I complained, I shut the faith of Jesus down. Somebody said, I don't like this pastor. You know what that means? You know what that means? You're changing. That means you're growing. That means I've done my job. And I do get points to Jesus. I'm a pastor. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the points? I get to serve that many more people. <laughs> Amen. And, and so anyway, I, I've said that kind of jokingly, but the thing is, when you get challenged and you get uncomfortable and you don't like something the preacher says it's out of the Bible, that means you've got a choice. And choices have consequences. Your choice is, well, I don't care what he says. I know I don't have faith. Well, then you're saying, I don't care what the Bible says. But when you say, you know what? Pastor challenged me tonight. I didn't realize my faith was the same faith Jesus had. And so I'm never again going to, never again card. I'm never again going to say I don't have faith because I have the faith of Jesus in me. Amen. Amen. Uh, two more verses. I get to share them. I get to share them. I get to share them. Okay. Now, if you have a problem with talking right, uh, Irma, can you give me a price check? How much is duct tape now? She works at Walmart. She knows everything. You know what duct tape is, the gray tape? You know the gray tape, there's a miracle in every row? <laughs> Go buy you some gray tape, cut a little piece off, and put it right across there. And if you, and by the way, by experience, put a little slip there so you can breathe a little bit because I tried it one time. <laughs> no, no, but that, that's called teaching yourself the language of silence. If you can't talk right, keep the mouth shut. If you're tempted to say, I don't have faith, my faith doesn't work, shut up. Zip it. Okay, and so that was there, what, what throw does it on you? Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And this will help you unforgivers. This will, this will help you grudge holders. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. By the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. Romans 5, 5. And hope makes not a shame. Now look at this. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. The love of God has filled our hearts. The love nature of God is in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so you just don't have emotional human love. Emotional human love says this. Tell you what, John's a pretty good guy. Man, John's a pretty good guy, man. He blessed me today. He bought my lunch. Tell you what, John's a really good guy. Well, the next day, John borrowed my hammer and didn't give it back. You know what? I'll tell you what, stay away from John. He's not a good guy. I'll tell you what, John's not a very good guy. Uh, I can't, I can't forgive him. I can't forgive him. He took my dollar ninety-nine Walmart hammer. <laughs> well, that's 20 years ago, probably not that anymore. But no. I can't, I, can't, I can't forgive him. Well, I can forgive anybody for anything because I have the love of God in me. God forgave me for everything. So I can forgive my brother and my sister for little things. Why can I do that? Because the love of God, the love of God, God's love is in me. I have a new nature. I don't forgive with my head. I forgive with my heart. 
My head says, oh, boy, did they do me wrong. My heart says, you can forgive them, though, because I'm God in you. I forgave them. You forgive them. I forgave you. You forgive them. You forgive them. And it works by faith. The first place it starts is you look up to heaven and you say, Jesus, with your love, with your love, I choose to forgive. With your love, I choose to forget the wrong. With your love, I choose to do what you said, Jesus. You said go the extra mile. So, Jesus, I'm going to go the extra mile. Not am I going to send him a Christmas card, but I'm going to put some green in it. I'm not talking about a burger either. <laughs> now, we forgave, and so we give. That's why I say, see, the love of God goes the extra mile. If somebody's really wronged you, it'd be a good time to send them a card. And if nothing else, put a five bucks, a Starbucks card in it. And just stuff to reach out and go to the extra mile because that's what God did. And the last thing I want to look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. And chapter 2, verse 16. They say the same thing. But this is for you to get a new self-image. 1 Corinthians one thirty. But of him are you in Christ Jesus. Now, who here is in Christ Jesus? One more time. Who's in Christ Jesus? Okay. Who of God is made and does wisdom. God has made the wisdom of Jesus and put it in our hearts. And righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And so the wisdom of Jesus is in us. And look at chapter 2, verse 16. Religious people can't handle this. The born-again believers that believe the Bible can receive this and go with it. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? We have what? What do we have? What do we have? The mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is not your dumb head. The mind of Christ is in your spirit. Jesus lives in your spirit. And so he said, we have the mind of Christ. That means that when you face problems in in life, and you don't have answers, you pray, but you look on the inside of you for what the mind of Christ is telling you to do. He will instruct you what to do. Don't ever, 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 ever tell you, tell yourself, I'm too stupid to get this job. I don't have enough education. I don't qualify. Well, if Jesus qualifies, you qualify. Amen. I've seen Jesus time and time and time again run people past the system and get them the job. You know Why? Because they confessed what the Bible said about them. They confessed, I've got the love of God. I've got the faith of God. I've got the mind of Christ. I've got the wisdom of God. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. God didn't give me the spirit of fear, but power and love and sound mind. If God be for me, he can be against me. A thousand may fall at my left hand, ten thousand may right, not come nigh me. How you know all those verses, Pastor? Because I spent 38 years meditating in them, looking at them, getting them in me. But when you get those in, you begin to confess them. Guess what? You have changed your self-image. You don't see yourself anymore as just somebody down here just barely trying to make it through life and just hoping somebody will throw you a bone every once in a while. You recognize, man, that the one that's already throwed you the bones, Jesus, has called his life. It's called the Word of God. His blood covers your sins, washed them away. Amen. Amen. So anyway, I hope I helped somebody tonight. God does not want you to go through this Christmas season depressed, feel like you're a loser, and if you need a job, if you need things in life, the one inside of you is greater than the one on the outside that's in the world, the devil. God is greater in you than what's in you. Get those never again cards off that booth before you leave here tonight. Start looking at them every day. Go through them. Read them out loud. Some of them you'll like more than others. But 
What are the time those things start going off inside of you and all of a sudden you'll start seeing more and more and more of what God sees about you. You see it and you say it, then you'll see it. Somebody will think about that night about 2 o'clock say, Oh, I see what he said now. Hey, <laughs> man, let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.